the Welcome to the Show podcast is independently produced by me, CT, and Manny Gomez. Help people find our show by taking two minutes to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. Thank you. Welcome to the show podcast. I mean, <laughs> I apologize for whoever's. Yo, so uh, first off, for those of you who don't know, that was Mike Schilt of the St. Louis Cardinals uh, giving a speech after the Cardinals clinched uh, beating the Atlanta Braves, killing, obliterating the Atlanta Braves. I just have to say, if if I was there in that room, I think I would have been cracking up and I probably would have gotten like chastised by somebody. Because he sounded so yeah, fucking that, dorky. <laughs> yeah, like like uh, I, I find out I find out yesterday watching the game that he's the only. I guess he's like a rare breed of manager. He never had mm-hmm. any real major league experience. Kind of just worked his way through the rankings, through like the minor leagues and everything. But he never actually played professionally. Um, you're right, man. If I was in that locker room, I'd be cracking up. And it's almost like a joke at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I kind of. I wouldn't want my manager going off on like F. Hey, Mike, how you doing t- today? My bad. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh Jesus, this is part two to this. No, uh, no, no. But yeah, guys, the playoffs are over. I mean, the first round of the playoffs are over. We wow. wanted to wait till today to record an episode so that we can get the full picture for the next round in the championship series for the AL and the NL. Uh, The clip you just heard came after the Cardinals had the best first inning in postseason history, putting up 10 runs. I didn't get to watch any of it because I was driving home from work because the schedule of these games are insane. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I I feel like the Cardinals are going to get swept in the National League championship series after that mm. after that wow. after that performance and after that you know uh nobody fucks with us display that the coaches mm-hmm. put i mean i feel like i don't know man <laughs> i don't see this team winning or advancing into the world series what do you think yeah. yeah so what i was saying was i can't i don't really see what it is exactly that the cardinals have that make them a contender like to be honest with you and i don't want to i don't want to take anything away from that team because clearly if they made it this far they're a legit team they, they were first in the nl central so on and so forth um but I, to, I don't know if i could name more than two of their starters you know what i'm saying like i, I don't know they, I, they just don't strike any fear in me um yeah. whereas the nats have a lot of people that that i'm you know to be honest with you if it was the Yankees facing the Nats, there's some people that I'd you know want to pitch around, or some pitchers that I wouldn't want to face in a certain game. With the Cardinals, they feel beatable to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and also I I just feel like that ten run inning, first inning, you, we're we're probably never going to see something like that again. Um, mm-hmm. It could it could have just been one of those days for the Braves, you know? Yeah. And uh, again. <laughs> I, I could just picture this 
Braves, I, uh, Mike Schiltz, or however you say his last name. I could I could picture his that clip of him showing up on freezing cold takes on it. Yeah, freezing cold takes on on Instagram. <laughs> uh, and also, like like we said, the Nat they'll be they'll be playing the Nats. Juan Soto and Anthony Rendon yep. are amazing. My, Max Scherzer, I don't know his postseason resume, but he held it down. Mm-hmm. Stratzberg held it down. Uh, for the most part, the bullpen did their thing. Howie Kendrick sucks at first, but oh man, he was he a, he, he was able oof, to, he, he picked it up big time with that grand slam. Yeah. <laughs> But man, that that guy can like how many errors is he gonna make at first? And oh man, they can't really do anything about it because they they kind of need him in the lineup. Like I, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Let, let's just we're gonna we're gonna wing this whole thing because I sure I did want to say more about the I want I did want to say more about the Cardinals and the Braves, but about that Dodgers and Nats game, I was ripping Howie Kendrick the whole game. I was like, why is this guy even in the lineup at this point? I yeah. feel like he wasn't putting together good good at bats or anything. Only to have this guy hit a grand slam in extra innings. And by the way, that that grand slam, I, I didn't think that was going to go out. I thought that was going to the center fielder. I didn't even think that was a warning track shot when I saw it. Yeah. It didn't. Um, I mean, I, but it was definitely going to get a run in. to see that go over the wall. Yeah. It yeah. still was going to give them the – it was still going to give them the go-ahead home run. I mean, yeah. go-ahead run at least. Yeah, but but a one-run lead is, is completely different than – a four-run oh, yeah. lead. You know what I'm saying? No, that grand slam completely sucked the life out of the building. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, let's let's just talk about that that Dodgers game. Um, oh man, Nats forced the game five. Yep. And I don't know what your opinion about this. Walker Bueller pitched amazing. Yeah, he did. Between between him, Juan Soto, Glaber Torres. I mean, those are three. Even Acuna, I'll give it to Acuna because Acuna put up a couple home runs in the postseason. But those are four emerging stars postseason-wise because uh, I think their teams are always going to be there for the next, yeah. like, say, I'll give it five years. Can we agree? Maybe? I'm, that, I'm down with the that. Next five years, next five years you'll that. see any of any variety of those guys in the postseason. And they're all definitely performing at, at, a, at a high level. Uh, mm-hmm. Juan Soto's the goat, by the way. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, when I saw what I saw when what I thought when I saw Kershaw warming up was, I get that he's a great pitcher and one mm-hmm. of your best pitchers. And let me give credit; he did come in and get the out. He pitched to that one left-handed batter and struck him out. So he did his job to get Walker Bueller out of that inning where I think Walker Buehler, what happened was that he walked the guy mm-hmm. and he left the inning two outs in the sixth, I think it was, 117 pitches. Yep. So Kershaw, Kershaw did the job to get him out. Mm-hmm. Um, I still didn't like him going to Kershaw in that situation. I thought Kenta Maeda could have easily gotten the job done, which he did come in after Kershaw gave up the back-to-back home runs to Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto, which, by the way, not making excuses for Kershaw, but those are two MVP caliber hitters, right? And and the Rendon pitch wasn't exactly a mistake it wasn't bad. pitch either. It was it was a good pitch. It was out of yeah. the strike zone. He threw the bat out there, and it just went out. It went over the wall. It barely went over the wall. 
Yeah, and you gotta like the lefty lefty matchup for Soto, even though Soto kills lefties. Uh, you gotta yeah. like that matchup. I get it. Still, I, I I know they bring in these pitchers out of the. What I don't like is that they bring in these starters out of the bullpen, and I'm a believer that there is a mentality that goes into coming out of relief. And I know Kershaw's mm-hmm. done it before, and he's he's been able to pitch in the postseason coming out of the relief. I get it, but I do think there's some sort of mentality to come into a game when it's already nearly done and also closing out a game and starting a game. I, th- I think there's something to that, right? And I feel like whenever they bring in these starters, they don't treat them like relief pitchers. They treat them like starters. They try to squeeze more more outs than, they're, than I think they were supposed to, right? Like right. Kershaw came in and got the out. Get him out of there. Do what you would have done if it was if it was your special specialist lefty coming in to get the left-handed batter out and take him out of there. Yeah, that's what I feel, and I, I agree with you. I spoke you. a lot, and, and no, 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 I agree with you. I think that as soon as Kershaw went in there and did the job, he struck out the next batter on three pitches. That was he did his job. Move on from there and go to your relievers. You had Joe Kelly in the bullpen, Canley Jansen, Pedro Bias was out there, Julio Urias, Dustin May. There were a lot of people in that bullpen. Kershaw got the job done. Move on. You go on to Kenta Maeda, like you said, he strikes out the side. I think it was. Then you go on to Joe Kelly. He gets the job done for an inning. And then you bring him back. That move right there for me was more um, surprising than than the Kershaw move, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. Because you did have other options. Why did it take you so long to move on from Joe Kelly? You, you it, was, it was toward the end of the game, and you have arms in the bullpen. The tying run has already been, you know, has already been scored. The game is tied. Go to your other arms. Try to hold on to that lead. Joe Kelly, you know, he's he's not a bad reliever. We've seen him struggle in the past. He didn't have the best season this year. But why are you stretching Joe Kelly out at this point? You have a lot of arms, like I keep saying. Um, yeah. And a lot of arms that have done damage this year. Julio Urias was a beast this year. You know what I mean? Like, why was he just sitting yeah. out there? Yeah, leaving leave, – that's what I'm saying. Like, leaving Joe Kelly in the game made me think that – uh, Dave Roberts was trying to, I guess, see who cracked first in in that mm. in that uh, game. But I'm, in my head, I'm like, you have a high powered offense. Bring in Kenley Jensen, who's who's an elite closer. And if yeah. all you get out of him is three outs, well, you live to see another three outs. And you, you know, have you live ton- to see another have, half and, inning where. And you have more arms in the bullpen. Still, you still have more more yeah. arms in the bullpen after that. So you you're the um, you're the it, home team. It, you, yeah. Yeah, you're you're the you're the home team, so it's like I, I've I've always hear rent manager saying like you don't play to you play to preserve the tie because you're the home team. You're gonna go for the win. You're always playing to go for the win. So it's bringing Kenley Jensen in that in that situation. Uh, if you if all you get out of him is three outs and you get to a point where you have to pinch hit for him in the next inning, then that's it. You, he did his part. Like you, you're the home team. You're most likely going to walk it off. Especially with that offense, especially yeah. since the Nats uh, bullpen isn't all that great. Um, that's all I have to say about that, man. I think Dave. Rob- I-, I read already that he's already coming back next season. Yeah, they should fire his ass. Yeah, I was just gonna mention that that, that I saw before that he was gonna return next season. I still think they have a good enough team that they're, that they're gonna probably get, gonna win the the NL West again. 
Um, the Giants are still in the middle of a rebuild. The, the The Diamondbacks were a lot better than we expected, but you know, if they return to the old balls, will will Cattell Marte continue to produce at the level that he produced this season? They may end up taking a downturn. The Rockies took a downturn this year, so the, the Dodgers are for sure the favorites in that division mm-hmm. they're gonna have some money to spend who knows if they go out and try to acquire garrett cole you never know um so they're gonna have another shot next year and maybe this makes them hungry maybe this makes them want to play for their manager because what we do know is that the players do like dave david dave roberts david roberts i don't know what the fuck his name is i hate his guts since 2004 um but <laughs> But but yeah, man. It, the, the the again the Kershaw move. I'm a, I'm a Kershaw defender. I've written articles about Clayton Kershaw and how his postseason uh, performance isn't as bad as we all make it out to be. Um, I think that yesterday, especially the Rendon home run, was almost like a fluky type of thing, in my opinion. Um, and then. Pitch Ninja, Robert Friedman, or whatever his name is on Twitter, he posted a video of the pitch that he threw to Rendon. It was a good pitch. He literally threw the barrel of the bat out there, and it went over the wall. Um, The home run to Soto, nobody can make excuses for that. He fucking crushed that shit. That was a long home run. That was hit hard. Um, But then every move he made after that point, to me, is, is, is what I start to question. I'm just like, what the fuck are you thinking bringing Joe Kelly back, especially after he had that type of inning? It was like I don't know. It's it's a head scratcher. Yeah, but we like, can we can beat around the bush here forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost it's almost like he thought that he would have to leave his arms in as far as long as possible and see who was going to make the first mistake. Like, was it going to be he was going to? It was like he wanted to wait out to see if the Nats made a mistake first, which obviously would would result in them winning because they were the home team. But I don't know. It's, it reminds me of the way that I play, like, video games, like MLB The Show. Like, I, I exhaust my bullpen arms when it's one of those games yeah. where I can't score a run and the other team can't score a run either. Like, we're just we're just waiting out to see who's going to make the first mistake uh, pitching-wise. So I didn't understand it. Yeah. Kershaw's post-game, conf- uh, post, post-press conference after the game kind of made me really feel bad for him. Uh, yeah. He was agreeing about all the stuff that people say about him in the postseason. I would never say that as a professional athlete. Like I would never admit to that. That's just no, me. Uh, I, I think I think he's taken such a beating. And and the fact of the matter is, as much as I've defended him, if you look at his postseason numbers, there's a drastic difference between his regular season numbers and his postseason numbers. He's had his performances yeah. in the postseason that are phenomenal, just like he's had in the regular season. But overall, cumulatively, they're not as good as they are in the regular season. He's definitely not the same kind of pitcher. Um, yeah. But but I still have faith in a guy like him. Like, if you were to tell me tomorrow oh, yeah. that the New York Yankees could get Clayton Kershaw for nothing, let's say. I know that I'm just throwing, I'm just saying the Yankees because I'm a Yankees fan. I would take him in a minute, and I would pitch him in game one of the postseason because – you know, people said the same thing about Alex Rodriguez, and 2009 doesn't happen for the Yankees unless Alex Rodriguez is on that team. So people have mm-hmm. bad moments. It happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't yes. beat this guy down for that. You don't make it to the postseason without Clayton Kershaw a lot of these years. So move on from it. Pick your head up next year. Come in hungry. Get them there again, and then get the job done and shut up all these fucking, you know, critique, criticizers, critique people whatever the fuck you want to call them yeah man critics critics there it is 
<laughs> critique people, critics. Uh, <laughs> critique people. Speaking, <laughs> by the way, I have, a fun, people? I, I have a quick fun fact that I saw on, on Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Passan. Jeff pa- I'm a, I am a critique person when it comes to Jeff Passan. I don't really like this guy too much. But anyway, when it comes to Jeff Passan, Clayton Kershaw has never allowed home runs on back-to-back pitches in the regular season. That back-to-back home run to to Juan Soto, Anthony Rendon, Rendon and Juan Soto. Holy shit! Um, <laughs> it's the second time that he's done it. The first time it happened, he did it. He allowed it to Catal Marte and Jeff Mathis in 2017. Pretty fucking crazy. Postseason. Yeah, so he's never done it in the regular season. In the postseason, it's happened two times. The first time was Catal Marte and Jeff Mathis, and now it's Rendon and Soto. Ah, whatever, man. Kershaw makes thirty million dollars this year, so he'll be He's the high. goat, man. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. When when all is said and done, and you look at statistics, and you look at the numbers, Jeff Passan, uh, Jeff Passan, what the fuck? Clayton Kershaw Clay is Kershaw. a top ten. He's a top ten, arguably a top five pitcher all time. Yeah, there I, I totally said. agree. And uh, let's just jump right into what the Yankees were able to do. Oh, yeah, uh, let's talk about the Yankees. <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about the Yankees, man. They swept the Minnesota Twins. No shocker there. Um, I want to do point out. I do want to point out that the elimination game against the Twins, I felt like they hit the ball really good. The Yankees' defense was on point that day. Um, uh, and it was just yes. one of those games where the Twins hit it exactly where the players were. I felt the same thing about game four with the Astros and the Rays. Except the Rays did put up a, a quite the offensive performance, but we'll get to that. Uh, mm. But yeah, man, Yankees swept the Minnesota Twins. I think the Twins are one of the most overrated teams I've ever seen. I thought having Nelson Cruz on the team, which is like one of the greatest postseason hitters of all time, which I thought at the plate he never looked like he was outmatched for the most part. No, he was definitely the, that the been- he was definitely the most you know pre- to me prepared the one guy. That when he was up at the plate, I felt he could do damage. Other than that, I felt like yeah. it was a easy breezy type series. And not not to take anything away from the Twins, but I said this in, in our episode entering the ALDS. I felt like the Twins in a lot of ways were an overrated team because of the division they played in. The fact of the matter mm-hmm. is they arguably played in the worst division in baseball by far. Even the Cleveland Indians... I, in my opinion, the reason why they got so many wins and and actually made a run for it toward the end is because that division is ass, pure ass. Yep. And, you know, thank God the Yankees got the Twins because I don't, you know, if the Yankees had one out and had the best record in the AL, I would have been fucking shitting my pants facing the Rays. I think the Rays and the Astros are a more legitimate team than the Twins are by far. Yeah, definitely. I mean... And it's like Barrios pitched okay, but he was making all like I'm talking about game one at this point. He mm-hmm. he pitched okay. He was making all the right pitches, but that Yankee lineup is just so deep. I think they're deeper than the Astros. Well, and then, uh, and then they I'm, I'm, they took Barrios out like after the fourth inning, and he wasn't pitching that poorly. I think it was game was it game five, not game five, game three or game one. He pitched game one. Okay, so in the ALDS, they removed him after the fourth inning. I'm going to pull up the game log really quick. Uh, but I remember thinking, why is Barrios out of this game? Why are they going to the bullpen already? Um, yeah. 
and that just goes went, to show well, you. He went, sorry to keep interrupting you, but he went four innings, and he allowed three runs. One of them was earned. Um, eight, he had thrown eighty-eight pitches. He could have gone one more inning. I mean, of course. I don't know. He's that kind of pitcher to me that you leave in there until like you see that he's struggling or he can't get through the lineup. To me, he was doing an adequate job. He didn't look like he was struggling to me. Yeah, and real quick, this just goes to show that statistics are bullshit because uh, statistically, I think the ERA, I, I think that's the only stat actually that, that I heard. Uh, the Twins had a better ER, bullpen ERA than the Yankees did this season. Mm-hmm. But when they took Burials out and they brought this guy in, I don't the rookie, I don't know his name. I just that guy cannot throw a strike. I feel like the Yankees don't have a arm in that bullpen that's gonna come in and just shit the bed. He might have a guy that come in and makes mistakes, but not a guy that can't throw a strike. Right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then there was nobody else in that bullpen. Fernando Rodney, like that's who you're gonna go with. Um Are you talking are I you just, talking about Tyler Duffy? Duffy, yeah, that guy. No, no, not Duffy. Duffy was is who they should have brought in in that yeah. After Barrios. Um, what I'm saying is is that the stats tell you that the Twins had a similar effective bullpen compared to the Yankees, but that's not true at all. And the only two teams with good bullpens are the Yankees and the Rays, now just the Yankees. Um, facts. Super facts. So, yeah, man, the Twins are just overrated. I really hope they don't make it next season. If they do, I really hope they don't play the Yankees in the first round because I'd like to see them at least advance, maybe. But yeah, man. Uh, could we just could we could we just keep talking about the Yankees, please? Yeah, sure. I was gonna mention that CC Sabathian, Aaron Hicks may be ready to join the club for the ALCS. Manny, what say you? This, so this kind of worries me a little bit for for a couple of reasons. Aaron Hicks hasn't played since August, and now I know that you know. Giancarlo Stanton hasn't pl- didn't play basically all season before he joined the roster, and Edwin Encarnacion missed about a month before he came back in. Uh, but now I kind of feel like adding adding Cece. Why it worries me is I feel like we're going to be giving away two roster spots to two guys that are a fragile and b with Cece. You're probably only planning on using him you know for maybe an inning at the most um yeah if aaron hicks wasn't healthy i'd be like fine give it to cc we could use a lefty arm out of the bullpen to face i don't know what left-handed hitter is in the fucking you know astros but um red dick or something i don't know jordan alvarez <clears throat> jordan alvarez there you go to face jordan alvarez for sure but now you have Hicks in, in the mix as well. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like if yeah. you're going to give it to Hicks, you kind of have to leave CC off the ro- roster and bring in another pitcher or something. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. Yeah, to me, bring Hicks back maybe. Hicks back maybe. God. Uh, not CC, And it would be kind of weird bringing Hicks back and giving him the start over Gardner, who they have batting third in all of these games. Yeah. Right, I mean, why have why have Garner batting third if you, if you can easily replace him with Aaron Hicks, who by the way would be a good three hitter, but like you said, he hasn't played since uh, August. Uh, real quick, I just want to mention just to kind of you know, but can I just not, can I just talk about that Gardner hitting third thing really quick before you move on? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, go ahead. So 
I kind of I like the move because of of something that we've been talking about a lot. I feel like for the last couple of years, how you ride the hot hand. You don't you you don't fucking. It's like resting a player when they're on a fucking twenty five game hit streak. They've hit ten home runs and they're hot and there's no signs of them slowing down. I equate that to that. Brett Gardner mm-hmm. entered the postseason super hot, and I feel like Aaron Boone. I might be wrong is writing the hot hand and saying, if this guy's hot, I'm going to put him in that three hole. Uh, Judge is going to get on base probably every time he goes up to bat. Um, And I kind of liked the move. I kind of liked it, but now I feel like, okay, we saw what he can do there. Let's go back to putting him into into the leadoff spot. I can't remember who they had at leadoff. Um, Uh, DJ LeMahieu. DJ LeMahieu. DJ LeMahieu. Um, I I would try to move up. I would try to move up Glaber a little bit up that uh, up you know up maybe put him in the leadoff role give him more at bats because he's hot right now um, leave Judge at the two hole maybe put I don't know I, I don't even know what this lineup is too deep God I love yeah this that's team. yeah yeah the lineup is in the lineup is extremely deep uh, watching the Astros these last couple of days I think the Yankees lineup is deeper I mean. When they get to Chirinos or Redick, I feel like those outs can be made. Even Carlos Correa at this point, I feel like he just hasn't clicked yet. And so in that same in that breath, you know, that's why I think the Yankees lineup is deeper. I personally wouldn't change a thing because I, I they just swept the, they just swept the hundred win team. Even though we think the Twins are overrated, they just swept the hundred win team uh, easily. And for that reason, I wouldn't change the lineup just yet. Yeah. I wouldn't even add CC and Hicks at all. Just leave it the way it is. Let those guys ride the bench. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be mad at that either. Because to be honest with you, I like Mabin coming off the bench. I like his, I like his defense. I like his speed. I like, I even like his bat. Man, he's hitting good this year. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't be mad at that either. To be honest with you, like if you add if you add CC Sabathia, uh, you remove Lions. I'm cool with that. If you add Aaron Hicks, who do you take away? It would have to be uh, either a pitcher, and you know the Yankees aren't going to do that because they're going to want their options out of the bullpen. Yeah. Um, it's going to have to be Cameron Mabin. That's the only guy I or can Voigt. see here. Or Luke Voigt. But but who's yeah, who's going to back up DJ LeMahieu if something happens? Oh, Edwin. Encarnacion. Okay. Luke Voigt. Yeah. Might have to be Luke Voigt, man, which I'm surprised he's, you know, hasn't been he's given fallen. a shot to. Yeah, he's fallen from grace, man. Yeah, ever since he came back from that injury, I, I said it. I just felt like he kept striking out a lot, and he just didn't look right at the plate. Yeah. Um, Man, enough Yankee talk. Let's uh, talk more, about. More Yankees, please. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Let's talk about America's baseball team, the Houston Astros. America's they are. Get the fuck out of here. I personally think they're going to whoop the Yankees' ass, man. <laughs> All right. Okay. Seven games, Garrett Cole, 15 strikeouts in game two against the the Tampa Bay Rays. Today, he went eight innings. Uh, Unbelievable. Actually, man. he didn't pitch the ninth inning, did he? No, he went eight. So, there's an interesting article that I read. Why Garrett Cole was able to come out of that uh, Pittsburgh Pirates why am I struggling to speak today, man? Damn, it's, I don't it's know. late. I think that's the reason. I think it's because <laughs> these fucking games, and we're going to have to set some time aside to discuss baseball scheduling because it's fucking ridiculous. 
Yeah, and I actually wrote that one. Bombs here. Yeah, I, I put Yankees sweep the Minnesota Twins. Snooze fast. There was one game. I think it was game <laughs> two or game one. It was like five hours long. And I honestly think it's because of the bullpen pitching. changes, man. Yeah, pitching changes. Did you see today? And even though even though the, the, the Rays-Astros game felt a little bit faster, even though it really wasn't, it was still over three hours, um, the Rays, they must have changed pitchers at least ten times today. <laughs> yeah. And I find it I find it interesting how how uh, how the Rays have one of the best bullpens, yet they still went to Blake Snell. Not that he mm. did bad. The Rays completely shut down the Astros up until like later innings. They didn't get a they hit since like yeah, they don't yeah. hit them for like five innings. Yeah, yeah, they did great. It's just Jesus, man. Like, do you have a good 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 bullpen or not? Do you have to be the team to resort to uh, starting pitching mm-hmm. out of the bullpen, and the or do you have is- a good? Bu- the thing is, it got me to think about the, the some of the rules that baseball's trying to implement. Um, a the the what is it like if you if a reliever comes in, there's a three pitch minimum or whatever, and B mm-hmm. eliminating the shift. And it got me to think like a lot of these rules are going against pitching and is pro hitting. But the thing is that that in 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 some ways, I don't know. Like it kind of if. These rules have been here forever. It's just that it's not until now that people have chose to use it as a strategy to defeat teams. And it works. So, like, can't just hitters come up with a different strategy to counteract that and then it'll kind of just fix itself? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make any yeah, sense? Yeah, I don't think I don't think they should outlaw the shift. Um, hitters just need to learn and they will eventually learn how to. That's what I think hit against it. I think I think eventually they'll learn um our cousin Sandy when in his infinite wisdom made a good point that baseball's sure born because there's less there's less uh contact balls put mm-hmm. in play so I think that whole relief pitcher thing is twofold one they're making way too many pitching changes I mm-hmm. wasn't on board with it before but I kind of am on board with it now if a pitcher comes in he has to pitch to three batters at least but at the same time, I just think these these relief pitchers are so good now that they're striking everybody out. Like the yeah. Rays have a pitcher, uh, Yarborg, Yarborg. You got it. I'll take it, man. I accept it. All the Rays pitchers have <laughs> a great strikeout to walk ratio. They strike they're everybody amazing. out. Yeah, and that's how every everybody's relief arm is going to be. Like they're all going to be strikeout specialists. So we're going to see even less balls put in play. So I don't know how they combat that. Like, they can't force the pitchers to not throw wipeout sliders on 0-2 counts, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but but at the same time, maybe equi- start equipping hitters with different methods of hitting. Like, there's a reason why there's some hitters out there that don't strike out 100 times in a season and are great hitters in baseball. Like Jose Altuve, maybe I got that wrong. Maybe he did strike out 100 times this year, but I'm just giving you examples, people. Ichiro yeah. Suzuki. But I'm using Jose Altuve because he he has shown, let me see, this year he struck out 82 times, um, which is acceptable. No, I'll take that. Guys, but guys can but definitely he can hit. He, guys, he can hit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> 
He can hit. He can hit you your home runs. He can hit you your doubles. He can steal your bases. He can hit for average. He can do it all. Like equip people with different methods of hitting. It can't just all be launch angle, or it can't just all be swing down, and it can't all just be if you know if you're a fucking leadoff hitter that you try to lay down a bun and try to run to first and be safe. Just fucking hitters need to be need to learn. just like a pitcher has a has a repertoire. Same thing has to happen for hitters. Hitters need to figure out different ways to put the ball in play. Be it uh, yeah. a swinging bunt to get to hit it oppo to to go against the shift. That's going to eliminate the shift entirely. You know what I'm saying? Just like start fucking. I don't know. Like we need to evolve yeah, as the, hitters at this point. Yeah, the problem is that we know that hitters are no. They no longer have a two strike approach. Their approach is always the home run ball. Um, but I think you're right. There does need to be a two-strike approach. There there does need to be, if you're facing a power pitcher, there does need to be an approach where you choke up and just try to make contact, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and Brett Garner's a good example. He hit way more home runs this year. He hit his career high in home runs this year. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure he still struck out at the same rate that he always has, maybe a little bit more. But still, he's facing modern-day pitching, hitting more home runs. And his, you know, his strikeout. He's not. It's not like he's striking out two hundred times. No, he so, strikes uh, out around a hundred times a season, regularly. And he's the perfect example of somebody who will choke up and and foul off a ball. I, like he's one of these guys that's going to make a pitcher throw. He could make a pitcher throw 10, 15 pitches in an at bat, and and that yeah. shit wears a pitcher down. Like if somebody in the Rays could have done that to 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 Garrett Cole tonight. Maybe they would have knocked him out in the in the seventh inning, as opposed to having him go eight. And then you have to face an Astros bullpen that's not as good as Garrett Cole. You know what I mean? They're beatable. Like you get to a point yeah. where you have a chance here. But instead, I was seeing guys swinging at first pitches, um, and just like even I don't know. It, it just it just seemed to me like, I'm, and this is not to take anything away from Cole because a lot of the reason why they're swinging at the first pitch is because the the pitch must look hittable to them but he's so fucking good that it's not hittable it'll move it'll fucking dance it'll go this way that way i keep dropping f-bombs i'm sorry um but when you face a guy like garrett cole in my opinion you have to choke up and not swing at everything and b if you see something that you can hit try to make contact you don't just have to hit a home run just try to fucking touch it and make it go somewhere you know what i mean yeah and not taking anything away from the rays but I think game four was more on Verlander than the Rays approach because all I kept hearing from, oh, and I also want to mention Joe Girardi and, and AJ Przinsky, they totally oh. messed up the experience of oh the God. ALDS <laughs> and the Astros and the Rays, man. Those guys were going at each other's throats every 10 minutes. It was a smarky remark from Joe Girardi or AJ Przinsky about where he's going to manage. It was driving me insane. I'm like, can you guys just hook off on each other already? Like, <laughs> yeah. I and I felt like uh, and I may, maybe I'm defending Girardi because he's an ex Yankee manager, but I felt like Przinsky was um he started it. instigating it more than Girardi was. And I feel like like today especially, I kind of felt like Girardi was being passive aggressive. Like like AJ, yeah. people want to watch the game. They don't want to know where I'm going to manage. It was almost like shut the fuck up already. Stop talking about this shit. But I, I almost wanted Girardi yeah. to just... I wanted to see a brawl in the fucking booth. That's what I wanted. 
Yeah, no, man. I totally felt the tension between the two of them. I don't know if AJ Brzezinski knew that he was doing it because, like, or maybe he knew. Maybe he realized how <laughs> awkward it was the first time he brought it up. And he's like, fuck it. At this point, I'm just going to keep pushing buttons. This is good TV. Like, someone, someone's loving yeah, this. Yeah. But no, nah, man. It was, it was fucking annoying. Uh, it shouldn't be about Girardi in the no. ALDS that he's not a part of. He's just there to commentate. Um, I found it super annoying. <laughs> I did too. I did they were too. like, they could, they wouldn't stop in game in game three or four. They wouldn't stop going back to the catwalk because Aja Przinsky said something about the catwalk, and Girardi wouldn't stop bringing it up, but like in a in like a sarcastic way. I'm like, all right, we get it. Like you guys don't like each other, or you guys are trying to make <laughs> each other look bad on TV. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but. All I kept hearing from Girardi and AJ Przinsky was that the Rays' approach in Game 4 against Verlander was to make him throw a lot of pitches. To me, Verlander, a guy that throws a lot of strikes and guys just can't hit it, was not throwing strikes in Game 4. So I feel like Game 4 was more Verlander's fault than the Rays being this, like, oh, we found the key to beat Verlander type of thing. I agree. So I agree. In and, other words, and, in other words f- f- fuck the Rays, man. <laughs> I I agree. I agree that it was more Verlander than it was the Rays, and I feel like the the reason for that is if you look at Verlander's trend this season, is that he's a high strikeout pitcher and he gives up home runs, and that's not what was happening in that start. He was giving up singles, doubles, walking a guy, and that to me is is a mechanical issue. Maybe. He, I think he was going on three days rest. Maybe his arm wasn't ready to go. He's at an age mm-hmm. now where he shouldn't be pitching at this level. Let's be real. We haven't seen this before. Maybe he needs that five full five days rest to get to fully recover and get back to his normal self. But, um, you know, I, I, I agree. I think it was more Verlander than it was the Rays. And, and, um, and, and just a quick comment on that, too. What I did notice tonight was, and tonight being Thursday night, Astros Rays game was that in the eighth in the was it the seventh or the eighth inning I think it was the seventh inning the Rays started using utilizing some methods to get Garrett Cole uh, to fuck with Garrett Cole's, Garrett Cole's timing and um, their hitters started doing some shit to get sorry my wife keeps texting me and I keep seeing these fucking messages <laughs> that's why I keep like fucking fidgeting here all right starting Turn the shit off. All right. So I noticed that the that the Rays were using some methods to try to throw Cole off of his timing. And I noticed that their pitchers were doing stuff to get their the Astros hitters off of their timing. So with Garrett Cole, the hitters, I don't know if you noticed this, but each one of their hitters stepped out, stepped out of the box as Cole was about to wind up to throw the pitch. And he was starting to get frustrated. And you could kind of see that. And he threw a lot of pitches that inning didn't work out because he got out of it with a double play he struck out the first hitter and then he he induced a double play to i don't know who the fuck it was i think it was garcia who gives a fuck they lost but then the relievers came in and they started like i don't know if you noticed this or not maybe it was mental i'm not sure i'm pretty sure that they were doing this but the pitcher got his sign he agreed to the sign and then he just stood there for like a solid five seconds and i was like why isn't he winding up to throw the pitch and you could tell that George Springer was getting frustrated to the point where he mm-hmm. looked like lost at the plate. That he slammed his bat when he struck out. And I don't know why they didn't <laughs> start doing that from the start. I would have done that shit from inning one. I don't know why they waited so long. Uh, the pitch clock, man. 
it just, they don't fucking follow that shit. <laughs> You're gonna start following know, it now all of a sudden. I know. I mean, I'm. I don't know, man. That's a good. It's that's the a good Astros. point, though. If I'm the Yankees, uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna frustrate the living shit out of that team, and maybe it lights a fire under their ass, and fucking it makes them beat us even worse than whatever. But at least you tried something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm. I'm picturing a sweep, Houston sweeps. Oh my god! <laughs> Real quick, you're, you're real quick. Yeah, 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 no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I see that. I see. It, I see it going to Game Seven in Houston again. <laughs> so, uh, a Houston sweep. Wow, what a fucking. <laughs> uh, yeah. Real quick, I, I I said that Game Four was more Verlander than the Rays figuring out this new way to be Verlander. I don't want to take anything away from the Rays pitching bullpen and all all their and all their glory. Like they shut down one of the best offenses in history. Yeah. So the Rays pitching was on point. Uh, I still think they're kind of overrated as a team, but. I can't say shit because they pushed the Dodge, the Astros to game five. Uh, mm-hmm. Former Rays pitcher Seth McClung said, quote, oh. the Rays using multiple signs from the catcher to the pitcher with no Astros on base. Folks, that means the Rays feel there's a camera on their catcher signs and that some way Houston is relaying them to the hitters. That was on Twitter. That's. What do you that's think about something that? that's that that's something that I've heard before that the Astros have a way to steal signs in their stadium, but again, I put that on because any team could do that. If you really think about it, any team could find a way to steal signs. Um, I don't know what the rules are about what kind of shit you can have in the clubhouse, but players could go down into the clubhouse at any point, and I'm I'm sure that they could turn on the game on Yes Network or whatever if you're in Yankee Stadium, and see what's going on, and and. But maybe I'm wrong on that, so don't quote me on that. But I've heard that before about Minute Maid Park. I still don't take that as an excuse. As a team, figure out a way where they can't steal your signs. And that's it. Yeah. That's your job. Yeah, and also, I feel like that stealing signs to that extent where they have a camera that they're relaying the signs, that seems like too big of a conspiracy theory to cover up, doesn't it? Wow. You of all people, too big of a conspiracy theory. It just seems too big of a cover-up. Like, imagine players that don't play there anymore that play for other teams. Aren't they going to just say, yeah, those guys definitely steal signs. Like, I I remember it. Talk to uh, Bill Belichick about that. There's no no scheme too large for any team. Speaking of Bill Belichick and the Patriots, I wanted to, what I wanted to mention before when we were talking about Brett Garner was that the Patriots' defense is putting an ass-whooping on Daniel Jones. Um, Thanks. Like making him look like a rookie that he is, so I guess that's so we're, normal. So we're talking about baseball. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that, that real quick. <laughs> do you have anything else? Quick, real quick, give me your predictions. Actually, we'll do that at the end. Um, okay. Wanted I wanted to quickly mention that the Mets have fired Mickey Callaway, uh, yep. and they're planning to interview Carlos Beltran, which I think is a mistake, mm-hmm. and Joe Girardi, which I think would be interesting. But I also think the Mets are snake bitten. So if you're a Met fan, just get pick up a hobby, man. Go bike riding yeah. or something. <laughs> you know, join uh, the Hyrex softball funny. team. Um, Find a better way I to spend it. your time. <laughs> <laughs> I see a tweet here from Josh Tolentino. Wow, that sounds very close to a Dominican slang word for penis. Um, but <laughs> Josh Tolentino, 
Uh, he's a beat writer for the Athletic for the, the Tampa Bay Rays. He is saying that Glass now looked back at replays and said it was pretty obvious he was tipping his pitches. Um, so there you go. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, for those of you who are not sure what that slang word is, it is tolete. If you want to use that for penis moving forward, I now grant you permission to do so. One of my first baseball coaches ever was this guy named Tolentino. And nice. he actually left back a legacy. I mean, he passed away, but he left back a legacy where if you go to Dykeman, you'll mm-hmm. see uh, teams with his, like, I, I think it's like a, a league or like a traveling team that he puts together that plays other teams. So, yeah, wow. what a flashback. Uh, uh, yeah, that was random. And <laughs> speaking of managers that are fired, Phillies, Manny, have fired yeah. Gabe Kapler. About he goddamn was one. Time. 161 and 163 in the two seasons that he managed for the Phillies. Uh, Phillies were a huge letdown this season. I think a lot of people had them favorites to win the division or at least wild card. Um, you hate Gabe Kapler. Can you just remind us why? It's not. It's not even that because I don't even. I, I, so I don't know. I don't know Gabe Kapler. I you know as a player. I could care less about Gabe Kapler. He was on a Red Sox team that won the World Series. I can't remember what year. Maybe it was 04. Maybe that's what it is. I'm not sure. So many. Um, all right, fuck you. Um, it's just that from things that have been revealed from prior guests to the show, Nick Francona, to even his managerial decision-making with the Phillies, I just don't understand why a guy like him keeps getting promoted in Major League Baseball. And I feel like finally the proof is in the pudding. He just wasn't a good manager from the jump. Like he was the wrong Mm -hmm. decision, move on from it, and just don't give him any more baseball jobs because clearly he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing in any position of authority. And and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and look at some shit that he's done with the dot. Or not that he's done, his lack of... Uh, due diligence when it comes to certain issues with the Dodgers organization and so on and so forth. Um, that's all I gotta say. Hey man, I support you at the end of the day. So if you don't like Gabe Kapler, I don't like Gabe Kapler. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but just you know, bye, goodbye now. Take care now, bye bye then. Yeah, so with him being fired, I think I read a stat where there's eight managerial jobs open going into next season. I know it's the Crazy. Pirates, the Angels, the Cubs. Pirates, Angels, Cubs. I'm, I'm counting my fingers around. Pirates, Angels, Cubs, Mets. Uh, Padres. Padres. Um. Uh, no, wait, I had one. Pirates, Angels, Cubs. <laughs> Mets. Mets. Phillies, Padres, that's six. Um, Come on, brain of mine. Hold on. What's the one that I mentioned before? Just, I forgot already. Padres? Could it just be six? No. We, we got Padres. Eight. We got we got six. Um, it is Mets, eight, right? Pirates, Angels, Padres. <laughs> <laughs> what other teams uh, play baseball? <laughs> uh, let me see. The Indians have Terry Francona. The Tigers? No. They have uh, uh, Garden Hire. The San Francisco no. Giants. The Giants. The Giants. Bruce Bochy. That's seven. Here That's we go. Right. <clears throat> who else, who else is retiring? Yeah. Come uh, on. 
I want to say the Blue Jays. Do we get Cubs? Do we get the Cubs? Yeah, yeah, I, I mentioned the Cubs. Okay. I you know guys, the, I think I have the list here. Hold on. Here we go. I got, I got that list. I got the list. You want to try this again? You want to go over this one more time? We got the Cubs, the Angels, got it. the Padres, got it. the Phillies, the Pirates, Ding. Ding. the San Francisco Giants. I'm at six. Ding. The Mets, seven. Ding. One so more. you're saying there's one more? You're saying you there's one clue. more? If you need a clue, just you know, say the word, man. I got you. No, 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 wait, I got this, I got this, I got this. Uh, That's what friends are for. Through good times. Texas. Nope, and bad times. Never mind, just tell me, man. I I could, like... The Kansas City Royals. Ah, yeah. I knew it started with an S, though. Ned Yost. Ned Yost. Ned Yoki Yost. (laughs) All right. Yost. (laughs) <laughs> Real quick, guys. Uh, there's an article circling the internet about baseball switching out the juiced baseballs for the playoffs. Can you believe it? Here okay, we go. Ready for this? <laughs> I don't buy it. According to Rob Arthur on Twitter, air resistance in the playoffs has shot up to the highest level since 2016, causing fewer home runs. Multiple lines of evidence suggest that the postseason baseball is totally different than the one used in the regular season. Guys, I don't want to read into this article. Just real quick, we all know what air resistance is, right? No, man. Like, we don't have to I get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the more air resistance there is on something, the the bigger effect that air is going to have on that thing flying through it. So if a baseball has more air resistance, uh, it's going to basically be, be held back by air. Just cutting through mm-hmm. the air, it's going to just be held back more. Um, can can I really quick just interject? And I think Twitter is listening to me because I just opened up Twitter and that Rob Arthur tweet is the first thing that just popped up. <laughs> Fucking the machines are taking over, man. Where the fuck is my water gun? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were going to elaborate on the uh, air resistance. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm looking for my water gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I think that's pretty interesting. I had a feeling that this was going to come up some as somehow because I did feel like the bloodbath or the slugfest of the Twins and the Yankees was a letdown because those two teams led in home runs this year and there really weren't that many in the playoffs as I thought. I mean, compared to what I thought it was going to be. There were home runs in the playoffs, just not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, well, the, uh, there I'm was sorry, a lot, man. There was a, lot in, there was a lot in the Astros and uh, Rays series, though. Are you talking about home runs? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at that graph that Rob Arthur shared, and it's pretty drastic, man. It is. There's definitely a difference. But I want to see... I want to see... Is this week of year i want to see prior years like i want to see what the trend is in prior years too because it could it be cold weather because we know now that uh in cold weather the ball doesn't travel as far as it does in warm weather so could it be that i mean that's one factor um well isn't isn't could air it be better pitching you're, cold- you're facing better you're, you're facing better pitching too in the postseason i mean the rays faced 
Garrett Cole twice in five games. That doesn't happen in the regular season. Yeah, but they're using a. Uh, it's possible. Here it goes. He wrote, "It's possible to measure the aerodynamics of a baseball using the pitch tracking radars currently in place in each MLB ballpark." So these aren't. Okay. Why these aren't like the balls that were hit for home runs? This is just calculating the air resistance of the balls that were put in play. I think. Okay, I see. Um, I see. I see. And it's a, it looks like a huge difference. Then again, this could all this could all be BS. Um, I don't know, man. Rob and Rob also pretty wouldn't, legit, man. He's a good he's a good writer. He, he's on five thirty eight. Wow, I've read his stuff on five thirty eight. There we go, man. We got we got some credibility here, and. Isn't air? I'm. I don't know if this is a fact, but isn't air thinner when it's colder? Um, wouldn't the molecules be? Wouldn't the molecules be thicker, or not thicker, but moving faster in hot air? Therefore, more spread out. Therefore, you know. So, from what I've read, the reason why the ball travels far, farther in warmer air, and I think I wrote a piece on this three. Is it three factors why for the home runs? It's on call to the fan. Go look it up. Anyway, um, <laughs> in denser air, the ball stays up higher because the molecules are more condensed or whatever. They're t- they're they're not as spread out. They're together. So it's the the way that I kind of picture it in my mind because stupid people like this have to create little examples to make it make sense in my brain. Kind of like automatopoeia or whatever the fuck you call that shit. I don't know what the fuck I just said. Anyway, <laughs> the way I picture it is, <laughs> the way I picture it is like if you put something inside of a cereal bowl, like a, I don't know, like a fucking marble or something, and you shake that cereal bowl, that marble works its way to the top. That's kind of the way I see it. Like the cereal is the is the molecules and the marble is the ball, and it keeps the ball up for longer. Does that make sense? No, you, I you lost, lost you guys. <laughs> All right, never mind. Move on. Let's move on from this. <laughs> but from what I read, right, more, more molecules, <laughs> more molecules, not as spread out, keeps the ball up for longer. Uh, yeah, that that's yeah. The reason why I think that the reason why I thought that thicker air was when hot air meant that it was thicker was because the molecules are more spread out. But maybe they're, I don't know, man. I. I you know I, I was I sat through a lot of chemistry courses in my in my day. Can we cut this? Can we cut this section? No, we're not cutting this. <laughs> I sat I sat through a lot of chemistry courses in my day, and the way that I'm picturing in a three dimensional world is that the the molecules would be thicker because they're moving faster. They're but, moving faster. Yeah. Let's move. Let's move air. on, man. Let's move yeah. on from this topic. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to touch on possible arbitration uh salaries for next season wow. but i really, really just want to look at what they're projecting that mookie <laughs> bets might make uh we're looking at 27.7 million next i agree season. and i and do you want to know why he's gonna get that why because of nolan arenado last year he broke the record in arbitration i think he got like 26 point something and then he got the extension after that so yeah Mookie's gonna go to the, to the art to the arbiter, and he's gonna say, "I'm the second best player in baseball." Nolan Arenado got 26 mil last year. I should get more than Nolan Arenado did. And the arbiter is gonna say, "Okay, Mookie, because over the last few years, players are winning their arbitration cases over teams, and 
I don't know if the Red Sox are going to have to. I wrote it. I wrote a piece yesterday on Call to the Pen about how David Price might be the key to Mookie Betts. The question is, can the Red Sox find somebody to trade David Price to in order to afford Mookie Betts? Because there's no other way it's going to work. I, I can't see any other way. No, yeah, I agree. We don't, we just can't um, afford it. You can't afford it. And David Price is ninety six million dollars for the next three years. He's a left he's a left handed pitcher. He's decent. He's consistent. I just don't know if any teams are gonna take that kind of chance on that kind of player. Um It's happened before though. The the Red Sox got away with murder, you know, ten years ago or whenever that was when they managed to trade away Josh Beckett, Carl, Carl, Carl Crawford, and all this fucking salary to the Dodgers and went under the salary cap again and, and you know, rebuilt a fucking winner. So you never know. Yeah. Some other interesting names. Uh, Aaron <laughs> Judge projected. <laughs> Sorry, man. Thanks. <laughs> I just speak. Thanks for speaking of me, movies. Speak, <laughs> I mean, you said it up perfectly. You said oh, it's happened before. The rest of us got away with murder and traded away this and that. I mean, if I say if I respond to that, you're just gonna hit me with a, ah, yeah, okay, like, you're trolling the Yankees, and no, I no. love you know. There might there might be a team out there. Maybe maybe the Angels. Here's a here's a little encouraging situation for you. Maybe here's a maybe. Actually, no, that doesn't even make sense. Forget it. Well, the but Angels are gonna mind. try to go for it next year. No, yeah, the Angels are gonna I'll, try to go for it. For sure, so you're right. They better. They would. They would no. get a guy like 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 David Price. Yeah, but who are you gonna get back? That's the thing. Uh, Mike Trout's little brother, and I don't know, man. Fucking Tommy Lasella, Just, maybe. I don't know. Do you need a? Is he a second baseman? He, you need a second baseman. Yeah, we could use him. Fucking Brock. Holt. Yeah. I, I wanted to just go through some names that I'm reading here. Uh, Aaron Judge, six point four million. I think he's going to get more than that. Gary Sanchez, five point six million. I don't think he's going to get more than that. Why not? He's making because he's this is his first year of arbitration eligibility. You never make that much in your first year of eligibility. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know it was his first year. Wow. I think if if he can continues in in this trajectory, stays healthy. By the time he's, you know, I think it's three years of arbitration or is it four years? I don't remember. Five years? Who the fuck knows? He can get Mookie Betts money at, at, at the point that Mookie Betts is in, but not yet. It's not going to happen yet. It's a gradual. It doesn't happen that fast. Yeah. And so guys like uh, uh, Ronald Acuna, he he's not eligible for any of this anymore because he signed that extension. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. You know, I'm going to have to, I wonder about that because I guess it's He's, okay. It's guaranteed. You're not guaranteed that he was going to get into arbitration and as 100% healthy and that his career is going to pan out. But I'm, you know, I think whoever advised Ronald Cunha on that, I don't know, man. Yeah, man. I mean, look at Mookie Betts. He bet on himself. Could definitely gotten more. Yeah. He bet on himself and he's, he's going all in and he's had his injuries and stuff, but you know, I just, I just typed in Ronald yeah. Cunha. And guess what just popped up? Luis Angel Acuna. I didn't even know that that guy existed. That's his like brother or cousins or something. No way. Okay. And he's, so, he's and he's a be- and he's a beast. He's a beast. Oh, sure, sure he is. Acuna signed yeah. an eight-year. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. An eight-year, hundred million dollar deal. The most he's gonna get paid in that contract is seventeen mil, and oh my god, what a fucking idiot! And he he um. He gave him club options. 
So Damn. he's going to be he's under contract until he's 30 pretty much. Yeah. Here we go. Just going to look at some other names. I was looking through this list. George Springer, 21.4 million. Mm-hmm. Uh Wow. There's a lot of Oh, Chris Bryant, 18.5 million. Javi Baez, 9.3 million. These are all just predictions, guys. This is not what's this is not set in stone, obviously. Julio Urias, 1.7 million. There's like a huge difference. I feel like a lot of guys are hovering around that 1 million mark, and then you'll have guys yeah. that are like in the 18 million. So Marcus Stroman, 11.8 million. That's not bad. No. For Marcus Stroman. Uh let's see here. Trevor Trevor Bauer, 18.6. Yeah. I could see it. I could see I could also see him arguing for more and getting it. J, JBJ eleven. How do you feel about that? Worth it. Okay. Tyler Glass now, one point nine million. Jesus. Uh, Jorge Soler, eleven point two million. If he could put together a season like he did this year, mm. that's a steal. Yeah. Uh Matthew Boyd, six point four million. And Noah Syndergaard, nine point nine million. Wow, <clears throat> cheap. James Paxton, twelve point yeah. nine million. Word. Greg Bird, one point three million. Can he do that? One point three. I mean, where the fuck is Greg Bird? Yeah, can he actually go into the arbitration? He was like, "Hey guys, like, I think I'm worth a one point three million." <laughs> He's eligible. I mean, he may not get it because they're gonna be like, "Well, where have you been, dog?" Have you heard anything from him? No, man. I forgot. I even forgot that he played this year. Apparently, he played for like a solid year. I mean, month. Damn. Didn't remember that, man. This, I think he played like 40 games. In, can't can't, oh, okay. can't name one of them. <laughs> wait, wait. We're talking about in minor leagues, obviously. No, this season. I made that up. He had 41 played appearances. He played in 10 games this year in the majors. I don't remember it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Sure did. No way. I, now I got to look this up. I, I wanted to end this on a contract that I think it's insane, but I got to look this up now. Greg Bird played this season. Show did. Show did. Ten, oh, my God. Ten games, 41 plate appearances. There it is, man. One home run. He, oh, I think I he, do remember this, actually. I don't remember it. Here's another deal, CT. Marcus Simeon, an MVP candidate, by the way, for the American League. He's going to get some MVP votes. Star it. Thirteen point five million. If he has another season Ooh. like he had, if he continues at this pace, that's a that's a steal too. I do remember this Greg. That is a steal. I do remember these Greg Bird games. It was at the very beginning of the year, and I remember when he went down with the injury. I was like, God, man, this guy just can't catch a break. Yeah, man, I, I feel bad for that guy. I I have nothing against Greg Bird. When you're when you get yeah. injured at the pace that he does, I kind of feel bad for you. Um, it's not like. Fucking this guy. Can't even name name him. Can't even say his name because it makes me nauseous. Jacoby Ellsbury. There it is. Yeah, crazy. Um, yeah. This was a long ass season. Uh, real quick, yeah. the last thing I want to the last thing I want to touch on since we were talk, talking about contracts and what people are making next season. The worst contract has to be Miguel Cabrera's. Oh man, he's owed. Just gonna count count real quick, not including this year. One, two, three, four, five, 
six. He's owed a hundred and eighty million dollars wow. from now till twenty twenty five. But that that's Guaranteed. why you don't. That's why you don't play pay players for what they've done in the past. That's why when you sometimes when you say things like. You know he deserves that money or whatever. Yes, like I get it. Like he's he's you know an elite player, Hall of Fame bound. But he this that's gonna kill the the Tigers. Yeah, that's gonna kill them. Ow, fuck! Jesus Christ! Leave that in. You all right, man? Um, yeah, I'm good. I just scratched a scab and it came right off. I forgot it was there. <laughs> Damn, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, but I just wanted but, to. But by the way, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, you know, maybe fake an injury. Tell him, listen, brah, like, pretend like we, insurance. You, you broke your back. I don't know what you're going to do, you know, but just get out of here, please. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this maybe next season when we revisit okay. opening day or something, you know? I just wanted to mention this because I was looking at this contract the other day, and it's insane. This guy's getting thirty million a year for the next. I can't believe, you, I can't believe you're taking this position, man. I'm kind of surprised. What do you mean that I agree that it's insane? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, what if this was Max Scherzer's contract? What do you mean? You know, I'm saying Max Scherzer is old, like Miguel Cabrera, getting paid like Miguel Cabrera, but he's performing at a superstar level still. So, yeah, but, but when he got the, when when he got the deal, I think it was thirty, and and the deal wasn't as excessive as this one. This is like no, no, I know, I know. I'm like saying what deal. if? No, no, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's it's not the same type of deal. What I'm saying is, and I really don't want to speak about this now because I can we can we can go back and forth. But what if? Max Scherzer signed a deal at the age of 33 or whatever year it was and was getting paid like this. I think I'd feel pretty good about that deal with Max Scherzer. Mm. It's still 30 mil, but it's Max Scherzer. I'm okay. I'm okay or with Verlander. the AAV. I'm, I'm okay with giving a player a $30 million deal. While we were texting back and forth during the game, I said, if I'm the Yankees, I'm giving Garrett Cole 40 a year. Fuck it. I don't care. I'm giving him... A five-year deal, two hundred million dollars, and you can opt out. I'll give you an opt-out clause every single season if you want it. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm okay with giving you a lot of money for one season. That's fine. For, that's it's fine the length. Me. I get it. It's the length. It's you the know. length. I get it. Yeah. It's not about the size of the ship. It's about the motion in the ocean. <laughs> Actually, no. It is about the size of the ship. <laughs> It is about the no, size it's of the not, ship. It's not, want, it's not about the size of the ship. I don't want length. I want a small, you know, just make you, it move. You want, That's all I'm talking about. You want girth. You want What you want is girth. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want quality, not quantity. You know what I'm talking about? You want to be able to sit on that money and not have it hurt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're talking about contracts, right? <laughs> People think I'm gay now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't think you're gay man oh wow man so guys anyways uh yeah we're not gonna talk about football because i'm nah, tired just baseball, Manny's man. tired. these games this oh is yeah baseball. we didn't talk we didn't talk about the time can we can we spend like two minutes i know it's not gonna be two minutes but can we just address briefly the fucking scheduling of these games yeah yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead 
why are you why did the Dodgers Nats game start at 8:37 at night yesterday and there, there was a Yankee game that started at the same time last week these games don't end until fucking one in the morning man like that that's yeah. insane it doesn't make any sense if you're gonna have day games do it like you do in the regular season start a game at one start a game at three start a game at five start a game at seven but for some reason they're starting games you know it's like a two hour uh a two hour window in this section and then they go like four hours without a game and then they give you another two hour window in the afternoon just fucking space it out nice and evenly every two hours start a new game and try to end this shit by like 11 o'clock max um yeah it's don't all start about, games at 8 37 9 o'clock at night that's insane it's all about them wanting to have the most amount of people watching the game because there's no reason why uh the the day that there was four games the yankees game still started at eight the houston game started like at four or five yeah i'm like wouldn't it make more sense to start the yankee game at that time because we're here on the east coast coming out of work and yeah. people in houston are in a later time zone by like what like an hour and a half or something um even the la game started at eight yesterday it, i kind of get it it was like five eight five thirty over there but still you're right man it's, it's extremely late uh, and just goes to show, it's all about trying to get the most amount of people to watch. They started today's game at 7. I can only imagine because there's, there was a football game today that started at 8.20. 1, 3, 5, and 7. And and the thing is, the you only have to worry about a four-game schedule twice during the ALDS. They're only going to mm-hmm. intersect with each other two times. So figure yep. out a way to make one of those four-game schedule days on a Saturday. I'm sure you can make it work. Or on a Sunday. Whatever. We're on a Friday, even, because people can stay up late on a Friday. Um, and then the rest of them space it out. And, and then the, the two the two game schedules, which, which happens more often than the four-game schedule. I don't know if I'm losing people here. Start one game <laughs> at four and start one game at seven or start one game at five and start one game at seven. Just like it doesn't make sense to <clears throat> start a game at almost 9 o'clock at night. That Dodgers-Nats game last o'clock. night was super entertaining. But I was struggling toward the end. I'm not going to lie. Same here. Same here. Uh, I think 7 o'clock is the perfect game. Perfect time. Yeah, man. Perfect game time. It's really not that hard, you know? And and people are going to find ways to tune in and watch these games. Like, I, I would say yesterday I watched a decent amount of baseball. Even though the Atlanta Braves game sucked, I did turn it off. It was on in the background, actually. I didn't turn it off. But mm-hmm. I was I was skipping around back and forth and watching, you know, whenever, you know, I don't even know what day it is anymore. But anyway, I did sw- switch around one of these days and, and watch games back and forth. And, you know, that's what you want. Like, I'm, what I'm not going to do is sit here and watch the entire Atlanta Braves game and then sit around and wait for the next game and then watch that entire game because I do have a life. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I, I love baseball, man, but some of these games are boring. Like, <laughs> fuck, man. That like Braves game? crack like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> And there was another game that ah, really man. fucking sucked. It was just like it was brutal. I can't even. I don't even know what it was. I just turned it off. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. I think brutal. it was the game two at the Yankees. Maybe it was that one. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like this podcast, man. We're just letting it go for as long as we can. Here, we're sending a message. I mean, yeah. If you're still listening to us at this point, we love you, man. Whoever you are out there. <laughs> Listening to Sandy. us, we <laughs> we should start dropping promos at this point of the podcast to make sure that the people that really listen to us get the best chance at winning a prize. Yeah, that's true. 
a good point, man. Oh, man. All Cody right. Bellinger, by the way, uh, projected to make 11 point millions. 11 millions. 11 million. 11.6 million. <laughs> did he Did he break out ahead of Judge? No, because they were they both rookie first? of the year. Yeah, same here. I wonder why he's making he's gonna he's projected to make so much more. That's almost double what they're projecting Judge to make. Could it be the injuries? Maybe. Yeah. Judge. Ah. Yeah, that's true. Whatever, man. I'm not an arbiter. I'm good. Neither are you. I'll take Judge. I'll take Judge for six mil. Seems like a deal to me. I'll make that deal. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. That was the welcome to the show podcast. That was. <laughs> the division series recap uh thank you for listening manny you want to take us take us home take us yeah, home man, gladys don't, don't forget to check out the high heads podcast don't forget to check out the replay podcast which should be on your feed right now if you're listening to this we went over the breaking bad series in honor of el camino coming out tonight on netflix um all of that is available on WTTSpod.com. That's all I got. All right, guys. Thank you. Peace out. Peace.